What's up guys, I'm Jeffrey Pacman, your host and guide here on the Progress Not Perfection podcast. This podcast is your resource to fitness and nutrition for everyday people. Sorting through conflicting, confusing, and complex information in the fitness and nutrition space to make things easier and more digestible for you to apply to your life to get lean, get strong, and get healthy for the least amount of effort and in the most sustainable way. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Progress Not Perfection. I'm your host, Jeff Packman. Today's episode, we're going to be getting into some specifics around why you don't look like you lift. And this is something that's near and dear to my heart because this was something that I struggled with probably ever since my early 20s. I struggled with, like, I was lifting a lot. I was dedicating a lot of time to my fitness. I felt like I was getting stronger and I was like dedicating a lot of time and energy to looking a certain way. Like I was chasing a certain type of physique. And frankly, I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Like no matter how hard I lifted, no matter how hard I followed a diet, no matter how hard I followed a meal plan, a training program, no matter how much cardio I did, no matter how much I was like dedicated to this process and this lifestyle, it just felt like I was never getting anywhere. It just felt like my body never wanted to change and I never made any progress. So if this is you and you're feeling this way, this this podcast is for you. I want you to listen up because chances are you are making some of these mistakes and this podcast is going to be a huge eye-opener for you. You're going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, he's absolutely right. This is what I was doing. These are some of the mistakes that I made early on that I wish I never made and I wish somebody had told me these things and I didn't have to spin my wheels for 10 years before I figured out how to do it the right way. So mistake number one, you do not train hard enough. What does that mean, right? You always hear like, you don't train hard enough. You're not training hard enough. You got to go to the gym. You got to train hard. What does that actually mean though, right? When someone says the term, you are, you are not training hard enough, you have to train hard, what they really mean is that you need to train close to failure or to failure. What does that mean? Because people still don't really understand what that means. So for my experience as a personal trainer, when I would work with more people in person, now I'm mostly online, but you guys know that. But when I would work with people in person, I would literally have to push them past their point of discomfort. They usually thought they could only get like, you know, five reps on a certain exercise. By the fifth rep, they just stop. They just put the weight down. They're like, I'm done. I'm done with that set, right? And I was like, no, do you see how easy that last rep was for you? You could keep going another 10, 15 reps. So I would literally tell, Mello, be quiet. I would literally, I would literally tell these clients like, Okay, keep going, keep going. You got more, like another another five reps, another this many reps, and I'd have to push my clients to true failure because a lot of times they just, there's a certain amount of pain that comes with training to true failure that people are just not used to. 
They're not used to the kind of mental fatigue that it takes to push yourself that hard. And a lot of times they're afraid they're going to injure themselves. A lot of times they're afraid that uh, they're a lot of times they're just afraid that they're going to get hurt. So they don't push themselves that hard. The problem with this is there's a model called the effective reps model. And basically what this says is that like only the last like three to five reps actually count towards muscle growth. So if you are like three to five reps away from true failure, you're not actually getting any effective reps towards muscle growth for that set. So you're basically just wasting your time. Now there's other benefits that come with lifting, obviously, but for the sake of this episode, we're talking about building muscle because if you want to look like you lift, you need to build muscle. And in order to build muscle, you need to train hard and you need to have intensity. Now intensity is another word that you're going to get here. You're going to hear get thrown around a lot. Intensity basically just means how close you are training to failure. Some people will use what's called an RPE scale, which is a rate of perceived exertion. What this means is this is your rate of how hard you think that set was from one to 10. 10 being like, it could not have gotten any harder. My eyes were bulging out of my socket and I couldn't get the weight up even like for a partial rep. That is true failure. That is an RPE 10. Most people are not training RPE 10. They're training RPE like four or five. They think they're training like RPE seven or eight. They're training like RPE four or five or even lower. Now, this takes some time to figure out. This is why I have a lot of my clients. They send me their top sets of their exercises for the week. What this means is like this is their sets to failure that they send me. Now, which exercises are safe to take to failure? Because this is a good question. I don't want you guys going out and doing a bunch of barbell back squats to failure because you're going to get hurt if you do that. So which exercises are safe to take to failure? That's an important question. Any exercise that your back and your chest is supported, it's pretty much safe to take to failure. So something like a leg press, leg extension, leg curl, you're in a very fixed, safe position to take those exercises to failure. Now, you still want to be using good form, good technique. You want to be loading an appropriate amount of weight and using a slow eccentric for your tempo your tempo should look like three seconds on the lowering phase and one second on the lifting phase so that's kind of the the model that i usually use is like a slower eccentric and this forces you to use like less weight than you probably normally would if you were just using momentum to swing the weight around you don't want to use momentum you're basically cheating yourself if you use momentum you're not going to get as much muscle growth out of those sets so you want to be using an appropriate amount of weight, a slower eccentric and a quicker concentric or the, the lifting phase of the movement. So for example, with a, with a bicep curl, the movement where you are bringing the, the weight from down by your sides up by your chest, that is called the concentric or the lifting, the lifting portion of the movement. The eccentric portion of the movement is when you are lowering the weight from your chest down to your sides. So that is the eccentric. That is what you want to slow down. And if you go to the gym today, as a matter of fact, do this. When you go to the gym next, go to the gym and go watch how people lift. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be creeping on people and watching them lift like a weirdo. Definitely don't film people. But look at how people lift 
and just watch how much people rush the eccentric portion of the movement, the lowering phase of the movement. You can see it in squats. When people do a squat, they do what's called dive bombing down into the bottom of the squat. This is very dangerous. It's not a good idea. So this is when people load up the weight and at the top of the squat, they take a big deep breath and then they literally just crash to the bottom of the squat and use momentum to bounce back up out of the squat. Now, can you get more weight lifting like this? Like, can you put more weight on the bar? Sure. But are you going to get the most muscle growth out of those sets? No. And is it more dangerous? Yes, because you are rushing and you're probably using more weight than you really can control. You really haven't earned the right to use that much weight if you need to dive bomb your squat into the hole and then bounce back out. That's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, you haven't, you just haven't earned that right. So number one on the list is you do not train hard enough. So next time you go to the gym, I want you to take some of those sets to failure. The next time you're doing a bicep curl exercise, take that, that last set that you're doing, take it to failure and see what that actually feels like. Take it to true failure. When you think you cannot get another rep, I want you to try and get another rep. And if you get that rep, go ahead and do another rep. And if you get that rep, go ahead and do another rep. Until you literally cannot lift your arms up from your sides, I want you to keep going. That is true failure. That's an RPE 10. And that is what most people who look like they lift, they have spent a good amount of time lifting like that. Or they're on PEDs. But for the most part, people who are natural, they have spent a good portion of their lifting careers training very, very hard, very intensely. A high RPE on the RPE scale, they, they are training intensely. So this is why they have built a substantial amount of muscle. This is how it's done. And this is why using super high reps, like let's say you're doing bicep curls with 25 to 30 reps is what your program says. Now, who the hell would program that? I have no idea, but I've seen it. <laughs> so let's say you're doing dumbbell bicep curls for 25 to 30 reps, and you're using 10-pound dumbbells. I don't know, whatever. Using 10-pound dumbbells. By the time you hit 25 reps, your muscles are not going to be fatigued, but you're going to feel a burn in your biceps, in your arms, that makes you feel like your muscles are fatigued. This is actually not going to failure. This is actually something else. And it's not important for me to go into what that is. It has a lot to do with lactic acid buildup. But anyways, this is why you want to be going heavier for, for less reps. You want to be going heavier for less reps rather than lighter for more reps. And yes, this applies to shoulder exercises, this applies to bicep exercises, squats, leg exercises, back exercises, every exercise that you're doing, you should be training within probably a 6 to 12 rep range. Sometimes you can go a little lower, sometimes you can go a little higher. But this is what's going to allow you to go to failure safely when you can and train hard. But what about the exercises that you that I said you should not take to failure, right? Exercises like a Romanian deadlift, a barbell hip thrust, a 
squat, a bench, a deadlift. You should definitely not take these to failure. It's just not safe. So if your back or chest is not supported, do not take those exercises to failure, but you can take them to what's called form failure. And what this means is that you are, you're going and going until you notice that your form is breaking down. Now, a lot of people don't notice when their form's breaking down. They just keep lifting. So what I would do is actually film your sets in the gym. And if you don't know how to do this, you can just prop up your water bottle turn your camera on selfie mode and just film yourself. Nobody cares, I promise. Film yourself in the gym during your set so that you can see what form, like when your form starts to break down. And then your next set, try to have a little bit better form and try to get a couple more reps. And write down how much weight you're lifting. I cannot stress this enough. Not a lot of people write down their weights and how much they're lifting. This is why I use an app with my clients so that they know how much they lifted last time and they can try to beat it. It's like a video game. You try to beat your last score. So think about it this way. You want to be training close to failure and then every single week that you go to the gym, you're trying to beat your last highest score. So if you got 100 pounds for six reps last week, this week, you're trying to get 100 pounds for seven reps or 105 pounds for four reps, whatever it is. You're trying to improve the amount of weight that you are lifting or the amount of reps that you are doing over time. It's not going to happen every week, but it will happen if you're consistent, if you train with good form and technique and you train hard. All right. So that's number one. You're not training hard enough. Why you don't look like you lift number two. You aren't lean enough. Now, I didn't realize this when I first started lifting, but like the reason I didn't look like I lifted was not because I didn't have a lot of muscle. I don't have a lot of muscle, right? But even somebody who doesn't have a lot of muscle can look like they lift without clothes on if they are lean enough. If you look at like Brad Pitt in, uh, in Fight Club, right? If you look at his physique, if you looked at his physique with clothes on, you'd be like, this guy doesn't lift. He's just like a, he's just probably a runner, just like a boxer. He looks like he's just in shape. He doesn't look like he lifts though. But when he took his shirt off, you're like, holy shit, this guy's fucking jacked. And the reason he looks bigger with without clothes on is because he's lean. And when you are lean, you're going to show more muscle tone, more definition. So when people say, I want to get toned, this is what they mean. They mean they want to be lean enough to where their muscle shows. Now, we're going to get into why most people don't even look good even when they get that lean. But the most important thing when you're trying to get lean is that you have, A, you've spent enough time in a building phase. No, A lot of people never spend time in a building phase, which is important. I'm going to get into that in number three. But for most people, they can build a substantial amount of muscle in a calorie deficit. And most people don't, let's face it, most people don't want to walk around looking like bodybuilders. They just want to look fit. They just want to be healthy. They just want to be happy. They don't want to have excess body fat. They want to look good in a bathing suit, swimsuit, whatever. And so they want to look good naked. And so in order to get to that point, you need to get lean enough. How do you get lean enough? If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll know. The answer is a calorie deficit. 
Well, what's a calorie deficit? It's pretty much eating less calories than it requires to maintain your current body weight. Your body burns calories throughout the day doing all kinds of things. But if you were to lay in bed all day and do absolutely nothing, your body would still burn like 1,500 calories, 1,700 calories, just because it requires calories just to maintain your body and be alive. So if you did nothing all day, your body would still burn a good amount of its calories, the majority of its calories, actually. And then you add on top of that what's called NEAT or non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This means that you are moving around, you're fidgeting, any unplanned exercise outside of the gym, your daily step count. This is your NEAT, and this is where you burn the next highest amount of calories. Then we have something called TEF, which is the thermic effect of food. This is the amount of calories your body burns from digesting and breaking down food. And then we have EAT, which is exercise activity thermogenesis. This is your calories that you burn through planned exercise. And then that's pretty much like how your body is going to burn most of its calories, right? This is called your TDEE. This is the amount of calories your body burns on a daily basis. So it's called your total daily energy expenditure. So let's say your TDEE throughout the day, an entire day, which it's different every day, by the way. Well, let's say on any given day, it's 2,500 calories to maintain your current weight. When you eat more than that, you are going to gain weight. When you eat less than that, you're going to lose weight. Eating less than your TDEE is a calorie deficit. That's a calorie deficit. So if you ate any less than 2,500 calories, that's a calorie deficit. So how big of a calorie deficit do you need in order to see results? If you have too small of a calorie deficit, you're not going to see results fast enough. You're going to get unmotivated and you're not going to stick with it. If you go too aggressively, you're going to see results quickly, but you're going to burn out. You're going to be super hungry, probably going to end up binging and falling off. So the answer is somewhere right in the middle. You want to be roughly around 300 to 500 calories below your TDEE or maintenance calories. So if it's 2,500 Somewhere between 2,000 to 2,200 would be a really, really good starting place for you. So that's kind of how you can find your calorie deficit target. If you want to check out a free calorie calculator that I created to find yours, I, it'll be in the show notes. I always put it in the show notes because everybody asks for it. So when you are in a calorie deficit, you may be wondering, like, let's say you're in a calorie deficit for a couple weeks. I get this message all the time. People are like, I've been in a calorie deficit for one week and I'm not seeing any results. I hit a plateau. It's like, motherfucker, you've been in a calorie deficit for one week. It takes time. This is not a detox. It's not a cleanse. It's not a quick fix. So you need to learn how to be patient with the process and you need to learn how to track your progress. There's a couple different ways you can track your progress. Number one is the, the scale. And when you're using the scale, you step on it every day, you write your weight down, you take your average for the week, you write that down, and then you compare your average with week one and week two and week three and week four. So it's actually a more long-term process than people think. People jump on the scale and they're like, oh my God, I'm up two pounds and they freak out. But the thing is, is like, you're going to be down two pounds tomorrow. So it's more about the average that you see and the trend you see over time. 
If you looked at the data over time, you're going to see a downward slope. If you looked at the data day to day, you're going to be, you're going to drive yourself nuts. So don't do that. Look at it as a data point. And this data point is going to be different from day to day to day. The only way to know if you're making progress is to find those averages over time. And number two is taking body measurements. So this is what I use mainly with my clients. When you take measurements, you're going to measure your waist measurement, your umbilicus measurement, and then your hip measurement, your thighs, and your biceps. And when you measure all those places, you're probably going to see some changes every two weeks. If you're not seeing changes every two weeks, the scale's not going down, your measurements are not going down, you're not in a calorie deficit. So then you need to trace back your steps and say, okay, was I eating more calories than I thought I was? Was I as consistent as I thought I was? Did I have some cheat meals? Did I have some cheat days? Did I go way overboard? Did I have a bunch of untracked days? Because this is what happens. People have untracked days and then they don't see results. So you need to be consistent with it. And you need to do an audit if you're not seeing results. If you are seeing results and you're still being like kind of lazy with your tracking and stuff, that's fine. You can be a little lazier with your tracking if you're seeing results. But if you're not, then you got to tighten things up and you got to figure out where you're dropping the ball. The third, so that so that's number two. You're not lean enough. So that's how you get lean. You eat in a calorie deficit. You eat a high protein diet. You eat fruits and vegetables, all that fun, sexy stuff. You got to get your steps up. You got to get your calories out up and you got to get your calories in down long enough to get lean enough to see results. Now there's, I could do 20 different podcasts on how to get lean and how to actually do it. And maybe I'll do another episode on that because everyone wants to know how to get lean. But I think before you try to get lean, you should spend a significant amount of time in a building phase. So number three the mistake, why you don't look like you lift. Number three is you have always chased fat loss and never spent time building. This one hits close to home for me because I would always try to get leaner and leaner and leaner. Like my goal was like, I always wanted to get a six pack. I always wanted to be ripped. I always wanted to be shredded. I didn't care about being big. But by the time I got to that point where I was lean and like, my calories were so low, it was hard for me to maintain it. I was tiny, you guys. I was like 160 pounds. And I still had a hard time having visible abs. I didn't have a whole ton of definition. And this was because I simply had not spent enough time building muscle. There's only so much muscle you can build in a calorie deficit. At some point, you will have to go into what's called a calorie surplus. Now, we talked about the TDE earlier. In order for you to build muscle, you need to train hard and you need to eat enough protein, you need to get enough sleep. But the most important factor of being in a calorie surplus is to eat more calories than your TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure. So how much calories should you eat above your maintenance in order to build muscle? It's not as much as people think. A lot of people think you need to eat 500 to 1,000 calories over your maintenance it's more like 150 to 300 calories, which is like a cookie or a scoop of protein powder or a banana, right? It's not much. It's really not much to be in a calorie surplus when you're already eating at maintenance. This is why a lot of people overshoot it. 
What happens when you overshoot maintenance by too many calories? You start to put on body fat. And you may be putting on muscle as well, but you're going to put on a lot of body fat. So you have to keep that in mind. If you overshoot your maintenance target, you're going to put on body fat. This is what is called dirty bulking. So when you dirty bulk, you put on more fat. You're putting on muscle as well, but you're putting on a lot of fat. One of the most important things is that building takes a lot longer than fat loss, arguably like twice as long. So if you spend six to nine months in a calorie deficit to get lean, it's going to take you a year to 18 months to build a significant amount of muscle. Here's the cool part, though. You can build a significant amount of muscle in your first one to two years of lifting. So if you guys are new to the gym, if you're new to training hard, if you're new to proper strength training and training to failure, you can build a considerable amount of muscle in your first year or two. So then by the time you go back to getting lean enough, you're going to actually look like you lift. You're going to actually have a lot of muscle to show for it. If you do your cut the right way and you don't go too aggressively, you don't lose a lot of muscle in the process, you're going to look amazing. So what I always tell my clients is like, if you've never spent a year or two eating in a surplus, getting a little chubby, being okay with that, learning how to love your body through different phases of muscle building and fat loss, then I suggest you try it because it's it's a it's an eye opener. For me personally, I'm going through this right now. I'm going to be uh, in a surplus for probably the next nine months or so. I may have a little mini cut before summertime next year, but I am going to stick with this process of building muscle and try to put on as much muscle as I can over the next year or so. Because for me personally, I've never spent time doing it, any significant amount of time doing it. So it's important to do it. And I'm noticing some benefits in my training. I'm noticing my gains are going up. My energy levels are through the roof. Libido is good. Um, there's a lot of mental benefits to eating in a calorie surplus. You're also less food focused. Like you're not always thinking about what am I going to eat? How am I going to, how am I going to lose fat? Blah, blah, blah. And you, you don't, you start to not care about the scale. You start to be like, okay, scale is going to go up. It's going to go down. Who cares? As long as these measurements are consistently going up just a tiny bit, then I'm good. And with, building muscle you you want your body weight to go up about about a quarter to a half a pound per week is what you want you don't want to be building too you don't want to be going too fast um you, the scale moving up too fast because then you're going to be putting on more fat so there you go three reasons why you don't look like you lift number one you don't train hard enough number two you aren't lean enough and number three you have always chased fat loss and never spent any time building i hope this episode was helpful for you guys and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys next week and love you guys bye